Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Bavarian Podcast Works post game show. This is I Need No Name, and today I am going to be reviewing a Germany game, which means that I am already in a terrible mood because when was the last time Germany actually had a good game? At this point, it feels like Germany have never been good, which is ridiculous to say because they won the World Cup in 2014, but. <laughs> It feels like ancient history right now because I don't know, man. I thought that Flick would bring a new breath of fresh air to this Germany team, and no, he hasn't. This was really bad. Germany versus Ukraine ended with the two teams drawing 3 3 in Bremen, and honestly, for most of the game, Germany were chasing it. They were down on the back foot losing 3-1 10 minutes into the second half and they really had to claw it back and they did manage to claw it back which may be credit to the team but what we saw today is a damning preview for what we could see in the Euros next year. I am very worried about what this German team is going to do because there does not seem to be any direction and Flick seems to be at a complete loss for what he should do to fix these issues. So let's first start with the lineup and the lineup is where it all went wrong honestly flick said before the game he's gonna use a back three i didn't say anything about that but i did say that it's not gonna work because well like when has a back three ever worked really for a german team it's not going to work ever because players they're not used to it and there are certain factors inherent to a back three that will make it impossible for Germany to play their natural game when you set up that way. But Flick, being Flick, he seems to have lost all faith in his own ideas, so he turned to a back three hoping that it might get something more out of Germany's abysmal wingbacks and out of the really terrible defenders that are at its disposal. So we saw Schlotterbeck, Ginter and Rudiger line up as the three, you saw Dortmund's Marius Wolf on the right. I honestly did not know that he could play as a right back. I thought he was a winger or something. Um, I don't know. It's it's very confusing how the way Dortmund line up sometimes. And on the left, you had David Raum, who had exactly one good season under Julian Nagelsmann, what, three years ago and has not been good since. So, yeah. And in the middle, you had Kimmich and Gretzka, and Gretzka got well, I'm going to talk about Gretzka later, but let's just say that he did not have a great game, but some of the criticism I'm seeing of him is getting a little bit overboard. Kimmich being Kimmich, he did his usual thing. And up front, we had Niklas Fulkrug, Julian Brandt, and Leroy Sané, which was a bit of a surprise. We did not expect Sané to start. We actually thought Muziala would start, but whatever. I can stomach Muziala not starting because, honestly, it's not needed for him to start in a friendly might as well rest his legs a little germany started actually rather brightly they scored very early and honestly i thought the first 10 minutes showed a good amount of energy and a good amount of incisiveness from the germans but that's pretty much all i saw i did not see any cohesive attacking patterns i did not see any real control in the midfield or any assured passing or structure in defense it was just more of an effect of germany coming out 
with more momentum behind them and the stadium at their backs, which is what allowed them to really stamp their authority on the game in the opening minutes. Then Ukraine kind of started to get back into the game. Germany started to fade a little, which we've seen with this Germany team a lot. They score first and then they fade. And this happened again today. And we saw Ukraine get back into it with a goal down. What was it? The... German left-hand side, they scored. It was pretty abysmal how the German defenders defended in that. And then um, soon after, I don't know how long, it was 2-1 to Ukraine with Rudiger standing still as a statue and Schlotterbeck getting beaten with Modric scoring. But I don't think it was credited to Modric himself. So when a Chelsea player scores on you, you know things are really going badly but yeah and then we went into halftime after halftime Hansi Flick made some changes which I will give him credit for he is a proactive coach in that sense he took off Schlotterbeck which is great decision because Schlotterbeck was all at sea and then he brought on Klosterman and he took off full crew which I'm not sure about and he brought on Havertz Germany then 10 minutes later ended up conceding Thanks to a massive mistake, Matthias Ginter miscontrolled the ball. Ukrainian player pounced on it and scored past Kevin Trapp, who really had nothing to do with any of the goals conceded today. Then the Germans, they kind of just tried to get back into it, but they were not very effective. The chance creation was mostly lacking until Jamal Muziala came on around, I think it was the 75th minute from Leon Goretzka. And that's the point where Germany started to have more of a threat. They started to get forward more. There were more gaps in the Ukrainian defense, but also that's also when Ukraine made some substitutions. So they did not look as organized as they were in the beginning stage of the match. Kai Havertz managed to make it 3-2 very late in the game. I think it was the 82nd minute or so. And then the fight was on. Germany looked like they had the fire in them. The stadium was behind them and they started really trying to attack and finally, that pressure paid off where Harvest was brought down in the box and, well, penalty to Germany. And Kimmich stepped up. And it was an interesting note I'll make here that Kimmich kind of seemed to do the stutter step that we kind of associate with Robert Lewandowski. That seems to have been incorporated into Kimmich's penalty technique. And he scored past the Ukrainian keeper, making it 3-0. Germany couldn't go on to win the game, but at least they avoided the embarrassment of losing to Ukraine at their home ground. So what do I have to say about the game specifically? First of all, I think we have to admit the back three experiment is dead. There is like the rationale behind going with the back three was that it would shore up the German defense. Well, what did we see here? Even after Schlotterbeck was subbed, Ukraine were getting through the back three easily and the reason why is because of the wingbacks. Germany do not have good wingbacks. It made sense when Nagelsmann shifted by Munich to a back three because he had Alfonso Davies and Nusser Matraui and Joao Cancelo and Kingsley Coman and Serge Gnabry. All these guys can be great wingbacks but in Germany what do they have? They have David Raum, they have oh my goodness Marius Wolf. Like what can you say when they, these are your wingback options? Like, it's it's just abysmal. Right now, honestly, I think that Germany really have to consider putting Joshua Kimmich back at right back because, like, this, this can't continue. Go back to a back four and put Kimmich at right back and at least one of the flanks will be decent. You can try Marcel Halstenberg on the left or someone. It's 
shame that Jonas Hector retired because honestly, I think he could have done the job there at this point. Like, it's really so bad on the left. Robin Gosens, I know he didn't play today, but I don't think he would have made a difference because Gosens only ever functioned in a back three. And today, well, I don't think it was a game for Gosens anyway. So I, I may explain this more later, but right now my words are really getting jumbled in my mouth because I am still suffering from what I just saw. The attack. Flick teams are supposed to be good at attacking football, right? Well, they scored three goals, and that might tell you, yes, they were good at attacking. But I would actually argue, and I don't know I don't know if the XG backs me up on this, but Germany did not really create that many clear-cut chances. They did, like, manage to get in front of Ukraine's goal and shoot on target a few times, which, well, I think that should be expected because Ukraine, they did not seem like an extremely cohesive, solid, well-drilled defensive unit. They were kind of just winging it out there. They were defending in twos and threes. They did not have a low block like you often see against, like teams often will use against top teams where you will see two banks of four with all the passing channels completely closed down. That's not what Ukraine did. They had uh, gaps all over the place. Raum was finding space all the time, which is kind of ironic if you think about his name. And it, it was like Germany just had all the space in the world, but they didn't know what to do with it. And... People will know what I'm going to say, so I'm not going to say it this time. You, If you're listening to this comment, what I would suggest fixes this issue, because I think people can almost read my mind at this point if you've followed any of our podcasts. As for, well, the midfield, I think Leon Goretzka is getting a bad rap at this point. He has not been good under Thomas Tuchel and Bayern Munich, and I think a lot of Germany's problems are Bayern Munich problems. Not all of them. Germany have so many problems, it would actually be difficult to list all of them in one go, but the ones at the top of the list are actually Bayern Munich problems. So let's talk about the midfield, which is the fact that I don't understand actually why Goretzka was played in this game. He did not really have a role. Kimmich was completely comfortable bypassing the Ukrainian midfield. They did not even contest that area of the pitch. So Goretzka, in order to get the ball, he had to go forward a little bit more and be more involved in the attack, try to get more bodies forward. And that just really didn't allow him to show off what he's capable of in a midfield role. I think that the substitution that Hansi Flick made in the second half, taking off Goretzka from Rizziala, was the most logical one given the state of the game. And honestly, I think he should have done it maybe 30 minutes into the game when we saw how Ukrainian was set up because there was really nothing for Goretzka to do in that midfield. This is not to say that Goretzka will be equally useless in games against, let's say, a team like France or Spain. In those games, I think that his physicality and his general ability to drive up the pitch and help Kimmich by being a screen in front of the defense those things can be valuable but in a game like this where Ukraine were mostly just hitting back and trying to counterattack, Goretzka was completely superfluous to the team setup so it was kind of a miscalculation from Hansi he was trying to test something out but by putting Goretzka in that position he didn't, didn't really get anything out of this and there is no workable data here either he's gonna have to try Goretzka again later because this was just not the type of game for him and there will be types of games where Goretzka will be more suited and I hope Hansi gives him another chance in those. As for in the attack, I, I'm not sure why Nicholas Fulkrug was subbed. This is something weird about Hansi Flick, okay? He 
constantly subs Fulkrug or doesn't start him? Does he have something against him? And he brings on Havertz for him. Does he really see Havertz as a true number nine? Like, I know that Havertz did well today and he scored a goal and won the penalty, but I don't see why Fulkrug had to be subbed to make that happen. Shouldn't it have been someone like Leroy Sané, who was basically a passenger for 90% of the game, hit the post from a free kick, but otherwise did not do anything of note? As for Julian Brandt, I think he was fine. Like, I, I you know, these, these things, I, I, I always have... My reservations about Dortmund players, even when they have a good season, they come to the national team and then they play like that. You can say that Brandt was fine. He was not a problem today, but is fine really all that Germany wants? Like, does Brandt keep someone like Florian Wirtz or Thomas Muller or Kai Havertz out of the setup? I don't think so. And, like, if you consider Jamal Muziala a surefire starter and maybe Fulkrug as well, then why would Julian Brandt be anywhere near this setup, right? That's one of those things I just wonder about this Germany team. Hansi Flick really does not seem to know who should be in the setup and who shouldn't be. So I'm just going to make my suggestion here. I think it should be a simple 4-2-3-1. Full crew at the top, Thomas Muller behind him. Muller was not a factor in this international break since he was asked to stay back and rejuvenate and Muller himself agreed with that assessment. So full crew up top, Muller behind him. Gnabry on the left and Muziala on the right, or Muziala on the left, Gnabry on the right. It doesn't matter. And then you have a midfield pivot of Gundogan and Goretzka. Gundogan didn't play today again because of the Champions League final was just a couple of days ago, but he could have been a factor in today's game. And since I said that the pivot consists of Gundogan and Goretzka, then that means Kimmich at right back. At least one decent fullback is what Germany needs. It cannot continue like this. At the back, back the back line should be probably Rudiger and Sula. Like, I know Hansi does not like what has happened to Sula and his the way his game has evolved, but at this point, he cannot keep Sula out of the lineup and maybe even call Hummels back, honestly. Maybe Hummels is possibly... If he really does not like the way Sula is, then you might need Hummels just at the back to marshal something together because this German team is really lacking in experience and... Hubbards could bring that in spades. At left back, basically anyone, any anyone with the pulse, Halstenberg, give him a chance. If not him, then Tilo Kerrer, I think, can play there. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I don't think much of him, but he might be able to play there. And that's it, basically. That, that's a 4-2-3-1, simple. And at the back, Manuel Neuer, as usual. So I think that's a lineup that could really give Germany some dividends. And I would like to see Hansi Flick play some variant of a 4-3-1 in the upcoming friendly games. I'm not sure how many more that are left in this international break, but I hope he does that because this experiment was a massive failure. And for almost 80% of the game, we saw Germany basically flounder helplessly as Ukraine just counterattacked them and exploited every single gap in the midfield and defense because there was just a massive disconnect in what the players seemed to want to do on the pitch and what they were told to do. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say today. Thank you for listening. This was I Need No Name, reviewing Bayern Munich's... Wait, not Bayern Munich. Germany's 3-0 draw against Ukraine. You can check out our match observations, our match awards on our blog, BavarianFootballBlogs.com. Remember, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everything else. 
And also we are on Twitter at BavarianFBWorks. Remember to follow us there. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening and good night.